Welcome to the Sippy Girls podcast. Sippy Girls is about the adventures of outdoor sorority sisters. Encouraging women in Mississippi to push their limits. Hey, welcome back to episode five with myself, Ivana Williams, and... Hi, I'm Ashley Deadeye-Jones. From Swamp People, she forgets to mention. And she's actually going to go start filming soon. So, how much... Ma- seven more days seven until more days. So, are you excited? I'm very excited. Okay. This time of year is like always a really anxious time of year, though, because I'm doing so much to prepare for gator season and just trying to get things in order. I got my own boat this year, so... Got all that registration done, doing all my adult for gator season. So, whenever you go, I mean, do you stay, where do you stay? A pretty nice, you know, nice swamp place? Or I stay right there on the river. It's, yeah. um, there's a little river that runs through the Atchafalaya Basin that is just a beautiful little serene area just right there in um, Pierre Park, Louisiana, in the area that we're in. And I get to stay right there in the swamps. So... Like, do you know if any anything exciting that might happen? Like, I know everything's unplanned, but is there any particular thing that you think or you're going to try to do this year versus other years? Uh, well, I'll tell you something really interesting. Anna does the egg collecting, and she was out with a few of the biologists that do it, and they said that there were a significantly low amount of nest. So in the state of Louisiana, they'll go do alligator egg collecting, and the Department of Wildlife regulates it. And what they do is they hatch them, and they have to hatch a certain percentage to release back into the wild. And it's a really strange process how they do it there. It's just like night and day from Mississippi to Louisiana. But the alligator farmers actually release the gators back into the population of the certain percentage of the eggs that they collected right during the nesting time. And... Those gators have gone down significantly, so I don't think that the population is up as high. So I want to, in the zone that we're in, really kind of try to concentrate on the bigger gators because I think that those bigger gators, with along with the heat, you know how it is out here in the heat. Y'all yeah. get a lot more fights, don't you? <laughs> a little more domestic calls in the uh, summertime. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, luckily with my new job, um, Ever since I changed over to state agency, I don't have to deal with domestics unless it's like what we call a rolling domestic. You know, somebody's fighting in the car, and that has happened a few times. And, in fact, on the way over here, um, you know, right before I got off of work, there was a car that was was on the interstate. It was going like 35 miles per hour. It's weird, like... uh, I guess you rape van, you know, the white vans, the, uh, the kidnapped kids, you know, the typical, the typical look. And, uh, but it was like covered in red and yellow and it had like glitter all over it. I'm, I'm serious. This is, this was a crazy looking van. And then all of a sudden I see, you know, I've seen all these cars try to, uh, dodge the van and I see the passenger side door open. And then I'm like, Oh my God. Now, this is a this is really happening, and I mean I I remain calm and all that, but at the same time I'm like, who's about to come rolling yeah, out of yes. the passenger seat? I was thinking because I I wanted to become or get get into law enforcement to help people, right? And so I was like, oh, this my, is my this moment. is my ch- this is <laughs> I was like, this is my chance. I am going to save somebody's life. They are being they kidnapped. And I was thinking all kinds of stuff in my head. And I was like, all right, they have been kidnapped and I am going to save them. And so I turned my lights on and I was not in a vest because I'm in a different type of uniform now. And so I didn't have my like handheld radio on me and all that. So I was like nervous. My adrenaline was going and stuff like that. Pulled the car over and it was on, you know, side of 55. And and they also wouldn't pull over for a while. So I was like, okay, this is, this is it. This is serious. I'm about to find a serial So kidnapper. what are you thinking? You're just driving behind this van. Uh, yeah. Your lights are on. Lights are on. I kept going. I called are you on saying the, over anything? Yeah, I, I called on the radio. I was like, uh, you know, 
called my dispatch and told them where I was and what I had going on. I was like, if there's anybody close, this is very unusual. You know, I've been on the road with this agency for five years, and I've been in law enforcement for a much longer time period. So I've seen a lot, and a lot does not bother me. You know, like I've, most stops don't bother me. This one, I was like, all right, there's something up with it. I mean, who's trying to jump out of the car, you know? And um, and then they wouldn't stop. So I was like, "This is it. I'm gonna I'm gonna be a hero today," you know. And it turns out after I called the radio over the radio and tried to get some people coming, and now all these other guys are coming with their lights and sirens, and they are hauling butt. I'm sure yeah, to try call to, the boys. Yes. And guess what it was? A car full of junk, and they could not see out their window. And they missed their turn, and so they were trying to open the win- the door so they could see where the exit was. And that was all it was. They were impaired. Nope. Not even that. They were nothing. It was a two, like a, a couple. And like whenever I walked up to the car, I was like, let me see your hands. You know, I put up my hands. Because so, on 55, you can't hear anything. I don't care how loud you yell. You can't hear anything. So I just like put up my hands. I was like, you know, trying to show him. Let me see your hands. And he did. He he put it out. And um, I get up to the car. I was like, what's going on? She's like, oh, baby. And, you know, this other lady <laughs> on the passenger side, she's like, oh, baby, I'm sorry. We just couldn't see outside our window. I'm like, and so you open your car door on 55 when people are going 80 and 90 past you? And she's like, well, we missed our exit. And I was like, so you guys aren't fighting or anything? No, nope, no, ma'am, we aren't fighting. Everything's fine, but thank you, baby. You know, thank you for helping me. And that's how she was talking. And uh, I, I was like, oh, great. Now all these guys are, like, freaking out because even though. It's still sketchy. It was a glitter van. Yeah, it, it was. Like, I was seriously, I really, not that I want anything bad to happen ever, right? But at the same time, I thought I was going to, I was going to be the hero today. Yeah. I was excited. That's always like, a good feeling. Nervous, like when you know but you're excited going. at the same time. Like zero from it, from yeah. zero to a hero. And then afterwards, I had to get on the radio and be like, "Oh, I'm sorry, guys. Just ten twenty-five, which means cancel." Like you know, the, the call and of shame. I'm like, yes, <laughs> yes, it is. Just like if you, if I get in a wreck, or um, which I've been in a wreck at work a couple times. They weren't my fault though. So, um, but I'll get into that in just a second. But if you have to call in that you've been in a wreck. Or if you have to call in about your tire being like a flat tire or your car won't start or whatever, it's embarrassing. Like it's not your car and the state's going to pay for it, you know, but at the same time it just, it is, it's a little embarrassing. That's like us bringing in little little gators when there's nothing we can do about it. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, and everybody's at the dock waiting on Uh, you to come in and weigh in. It's like, oh, and then if you have even worse, if Mr. Troy's there. Yeah. Oh, where'd you go to the nursery? <laughs> Get the babies? That's Little funny. lizards in here. I mean, it can. It doesn't matter how big they are. Yeah, you're gonna hear it yeah. regardless. It, it's just, uh, it's one of those things working with men, you know, and uh, or just you just feel embarrassed. And I, I think all the other men feel the same way, but I mean, for you, I'm sure it's more of a competition every single time. I backed my boat. Okay, let me rephrase that. It was Jacob Landry's boat. Mm-hmm. I backed. His boat into my Tahoe and punctured the door. I only had the vehicle for three months. Oh, no. So I understand making those calls when you messed up. (laughs) Well, if we're out at the shooting range, I'm actually a very good shot. So they don't have anything on me with it when it comes to that. But all the other guys they will like walk up and down the range of targets and they'll be like what what have you been doing all year you where are your shots going you know so it's a big competition i mean imagine just being around a bunch of men like and then you know some of them they're funny they'll go to one of the guys who has been training and they'll be like oh this is my target and and then the the instructor come by and say pass or fail or whatever and uh They'll be like, get out of here. This no, There's no way. You you failed the past three times. Or, you know, not really. But, you know, they'll they'll joke around like that. So I think it's pretty funny. But um, When we're backing in at the boat dock there at Troy's place, 
to unload the gators, if anybody's standing near your truck or boat, they're going to bang on it like you hit something, too. Oh, that's a lot of pressure. <laughs> Just backing a boat in is a lot, anyways, because one wrong inch and you're <laughs> completely missing the whole <laughs> driveway. I I have to give it to you, though. I probably would be horrible even driving a vehicle with anything on the back of it. So for you to be able to back a boat into the water and all that, uh, that's very impressive to me. I can only do it if nobody's watching. Oh. If I feel anyone even remotely looking over, it's going to take a second. I just get flustered. I'm just like, all right, breathe, you know. Oh, so that kind of, I don't know where our minds are today, but and I don't know if this is too graphic, but we did a hunt, me, Emma, and some of the other girls on Sippy Girls, right? And so mm-hmm. we did a hunt, and everybody went to the restroom before we left. And some of the girls just have to go, can I say pee? Mm-hmm. You know, like, okay, well, anyway, they had to go pee a lot more. And so I finally got to the point where I had to, right? And uh, I can't do it if anybody is, like, listening. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I just get, I can't. I get nervous, and I'm, like, turning red right now. I've been talking about it. But um, I have to, like, tell them, cover your ears or, like, just start talking or something like that just so I can I can actually do it. Well, you'd make it on the boat because you're sweating so much that you don't ever have to pee. May I, you're asking or you No, I'm telling you. Uh, <laughs> that's what happens. <laughs> well, that's, that's good. Yeah, you know, that is something. I'm surprised you've never got a comment asking you, like, when do you get to stop? Like, I'm sure there's not restrooms everywhere you no, go. it's just turn your head, you know. And you're surrounded by cameramen and all that and, you know, other people that are around. I'm sure it's not just your boat only. You know, really, it is, though. Oh, okay. Well, then I don't and know. And so, it, well, it's just, it's just a real quick, like, hey, got to go. Um, Everybody just turn your head. See, that's that's where it's I. It's like a just a good thing if you have to pee though, cause, you know, so you're just like, all right, everybody turn around. That's one of those I would tell them like cover their ears and all that. <laughs> I, I had my <laughs> microphone on one time and I was like, y'all got to get me to the levee quick. <laughs> I was like throwing my microphone into the boat. You didn't want to hear it. You didn't want them to hear you. It was like the first time I was ever out there. Uh-huh. You know, it's like I've warmed up a whole lot since then. Well, I went on a hunt one time, and it was in New Mexico, and I had I had to go pee, and I it was like thirty minutes back to anywhere, you know. And so I told the guys, I was like, "Okay, just like just keep walking." They're like, "Why? What's what's up? We'll wait for you." I'm like, "No, just just keep walking." <laughs> and then I finally they finally figured out what I had to do, and but I didn't want them around. I didn't want them to be able to hear me, so. I made sure that they were gone far enough before I would even do anything. And that's how shy I am when it comes to that. Yeah. It's it's pretty bad. I mean, if you got to go, you got to go, you know? I'm like the worst, though. We don't stop at truck stops or public restrooms or anything. So me and all the kids have been professional squatters. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe we'll stop. That at a service stop, maybe just on the stop. side of a road. Oh, that's dangerous. Though. I know that's like really dangerous. Isn't it that more dangerous to stop at a lonely truck stop in the middle of nowhere? Well, maybe that, but like that's. I mean, it's da- like nobody. As long as you're with a couple of people, you're not gonna be at one of those like banjo type you're not gonna be able to convince me that they're not murdering me and plotting they're very it is safer to go to a truck stop as long as you're with somebody and you know um i I want to unless i have to get gas i'm not stopping i want to go up and like talk to anybody and you know because then you might be considered something else i don't even know if we should talk about that either but uh, Danny's like, yes, please do. Um, look, I did. I'm not making fun of anybody. Um, but do you know what lot lizards is? Mm-hmm. Oh, you do. Mm-hmm. You don't know what it is. Oh, 
a sad thing is I've been in law enforcement for like over 10 years and I just now realize what that meant. And it's a derogatory term. It really is. So like, that's why I'm saying I'm not trying to make fun of anything, but sometimes I am still naive and I'm still learning my job, obviously, because lot lizards are um, either women, men, whoever are uh, trying to solicit something from truckers in a truck stop at a truck stop and so they call them lot lizards there's a lot of stuff that goes on in truck stops have you never seen bad boys or <laughs> i'm like never stopping at truck stops. but somebody could hit you on the side of the road well not just like a busy road i just pull off right at the interstate and then the next turn so you're on the interstate and you're pulling no off. not on the interstate just a back road on the next exit oh. okay well that's a little better and unless somebody knew that I was about to pull in there, it would take them a minute to, like, plan their attack. So I just hurry up. You stop. know what I've done before, though? Because, um, you know, we're supposed to check vehicles that are on the side of the road and all that. And remind me to tell you about the time I locked myself out of my vehicle when I did that. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, I stopped somebody, and it's not a big deal for me, but I can imagine how embarrassed a man might feel. So I stopped somebody on the side of the road who's like real late at night and I come up and it was a lady who was like nursing her baby in the back and I'm like oh I'm, I'm sorry you know like she had was just hanging out and you know like I'm used to it I nurse four kids so but like I can only imagine if a man had to like pull up and see that like he might feel a little embarrassed poor thing <laughs> <laughs> or he might like it I don't know it's one or the other so, whenever you're stopping, y'all have to just see if you see a stalled car, you need to pull over and... Yeah, because, I mean, our job is, like, public service. So, we're trying to make sure that they're okay and they don't need a phone. And you would think nowadays, like, everybody's going to have a phone. No, they don't. There's people on the side of the road that will run out of gas. Like, this is a true story. We had somebody call from somebody who stopped to check on them and use their phone, and then they called us. And they're like, well, I ran out of gas. I need uh, some assistance. What are we going to do? We can call for a tow truck. Um, no, she has been, she was traveling from Georgia, and she was trying to get all the way to Texas and with no money. And she, not because she just, I mean, she might have just not had any money, but she was doing it on purpose. She would, every time she ran out of gas, she would call the local police department, state agency, PD, Sheriff's Department, whatever it is, and they would go and fill up her car. Thank you so much for law enforcement. That is very kind, but at the same time, sometimes take responsibility for yourself, you know? Like, you are, you knew that you did not have enough money to go from Georgia to Texas, and it was nothing. The story was that she was just wanting to go see her sister, meaning this lady figured that she would stop every time she ran out of gas, she would find somebody that would fill her gas up. But she obviously got to Mississippi. Yeah, so it worked. So I actually, I told her, I was like, I might as well try this too, see how far I get. But, yeah. <laughs> but I, I um, just can't, I can't believe sometimes people do that. But there, there's all types of crazy stories that I've like seen and heard. And I pulled over on the side of the road one time on my way to turkey hunting, and I was in my tahoe at the time and i was told you couldn't lock yourself out of it you know like the newer ones that have the push start they were like oh you can't lock yourself out of this and i was like this is the vehicle for me and every time i've ever hunted with troy landry i lock myself i lock my keys in my vehicle and it's the most embarrassing and i don't know why oh, it's was, just when i hunt with him that was the other thing that's embarrassing if you got a call on the radio and you're like handheld and stuff that you locked your keys in your car Oh, yeah, I can imagine. That's bad. But go ahead. It was 4.43 in the morning, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to get there so much before daylight. I'm getting this turkey today. I was so pumped. I was so glad because I would the, the night before, I'm telling my husband, you're not going to get up and go hunting. You're out there fooling around with the dogs or whatever he was doing, but I knew he wasn't going to get in bed early enough to want to get up and go. He doesn't like morning times anyway. So he's like, oh, I'm going to go. Well, I had gotten so mad at him. We're going to be late. We're not going to be there before daylight. And I'm leaving. So I left him at home. And I get to the exit. And I'm like, oh, I, I better pee here before I get up to the hunt and where I'm going to go hunt, you know. Right. So I get out and my driver's door is open. 
and I go around and I open up my passenger door and then I'm it's 4:43 and I don't see any vehicles well then one starts getting off the exit so I'm like let me run around and shut my driver's door so I did well when the car's coming off the exit I'd already started and so (laughs) the car stops to see if I need any help yeah. Oh. and I don't want them to see the lights on so I shut the passenger door because when I open that door it's like one of the newer vehicles so all the lights yeah. come on you know it's like surveillance system <laughs> out there so I was just kind of trying to you know discreetly close the door so they wouldn't see anything and locked myself out of my vehicle on the side of the road I'm just sitting there looking at my phone I didn't have my phone either my phone's in the car. My keys are in the car. It's running, and it's five, almost 5 o'clock in the morning. So I was just like, oh, my gosh. I finally remembered that I had my AirPod in, and I was like, I only got one chance here, you know. <laughs> and I knew that my husband was going to still be awake enough to answer the phone because yeah. I just made him really mad. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, fine, I'm leaving you. I'm going on. And so I was like, hey, Siri, <laughs> can you call my husband? <laughs> And I had to make that phone call to come get me. Did it? Did he? Did he answer? He answered, and he came and got me about two hours later. And while we were sitting there waiting on somebody to pull to get my keys locked out of the car, I broke the key off in his ignition in the Camaro. So it was like uh, a whole bunch of locksmith deals that went on that morning. Yeah, they they made a lot of money that morning. Huh? Mm-hmm. That's pretty bad. Like, I've locked my keys in the, my patrol mm. car a few times. I like, need a Ford that has the key press on the side with a code. I hate, I don't want to drive a Ford, but I want Chevy to come on out with the, with the handlebar. little number. Or fingerprint, whatever. The charger I have, it has a little push thing, you know. But um, sometimes I've got to change uniforms for whatever detail I'm on. And I normally keep my keys in my right pocket. And while I had to change uniforms, and I forgot to take the key out of that pocket and put it in the other pocket, and so I ended up stepping out of the car, shutting the door, locking it like I normally do. And as soon as I took a step, I was like, crap. (laughs) It's locked in there. I had to get a local PD to come over there. And you know how embarrassing that is? Mm -hmm. Especially, like, nothing saying, you know, local law enforcement is any less or you know anything like that than a state agency but how embarrassing it is to see a state agency needing help from a oh yeah a mm. city police it's like getting towed by a ford yeah yeah <laughs> exactly so it's uh i had to do that and i've done a lot of i've had to make a lot of calls that i'm like um a little embarrassed about so the wrecks I've been in, right? And not my fault. So the first one I was running radar and I was like just topping a hill and then all of a sudden this car pulls out in front of me. It was actually a bad wreck. But in the academy we're like trained to remain calm no matter what. So I was thinking I was super calm, like airbags deployed. I mean it's a bad wreck. Like I had a burn dodge on my arm, my wrist. Like, because the airbag came out so quick. It said like the burn. ram on there? Yeah. Or it said dodge? Yeah, it said dodge. Oh, my god. So, it had dodge on my arm, like, burned into it or bruised into it. And then, like, I fractured my wrist. It was, like, already swollen and purple and stuff. And then the airbags on the bottom, like, hit my boots so quick that um it ended up causing bruises all up and down my legs. But I felt like I remained calm. I, like, called on the radio. I was like, you know told my dispatch where I was and what happened and said I was going to check on the other vehicle and just send, you know, ambulance just in case. Like, I I thought I had it, right? Later on, all the guys, no. They're like, they start making fun of me, saying that I had the highest, like, pitched voice there was. (laughs) I'm like, no, I didn't. I had, I was calm, collected. They're like, no, you, like, squealed whenever you said you were in a wreck, and that's why we all came running. I was like, no. So, like, I have, I hate, I dread having to, like, do anything that is out of the ordinary on the radio. I will do anything else in the world that I can not to call on the radio. So, we have a, like, state phone, and I had a flat tire one time. It was, like, 100 degrees. I don't want to change my tire. 
you know, like if I got to do it for work, you know, with for other people, I got to do it. But changing my own tire, I much rather call our shop. I am a little girly sometimes, so I called on the uh, not on the radio, but I called on the phone and I was like, "Hey, I called the shop. I was like, hey, can you come get me?' And I'm, this is where I am. And luckily, somebody came, drove by and helped out and like cha- helped me change my tire and all that, and I got it taken care of, so I could take it to the shop the next day. But that's one of those instances where I just I'll do anything before I call on the radio. So oh, it's like, and I, I don't want. It's probably the same with me having to admit yeah. defeat. You that's know. what it is. It's yeah. You know, it. I need you didn't help. Cause it, but that's what it is. Yeah, you need help, and I don't want. I do not want to admit I need help. So what is it about us that just oh, don't no. want to admit? Sometimes we need help. But that's exactly what it is. I'm so glad I have you here because I never knew understood what it was that. The reason why I hated doing that so much. I guess because, you know, you're a strong female. And, I mean, I feel like sometimes I'm a strong female. So I were used to helping others and to ask for help on our, you know, for somebody else to give us help is uncomfortable for us because we're not used to it. You and I are both the same in the aspect of we would rather help and promote other people than ourselves. Yeah. I mean, that's how, whenever I first met you, you know, you were trying to promote me saying, oh, she's, she's in law enforcement and she's, you know, a big baddie and, you know, all that. I I can't say the other word, but, um, you were trying to like promote me and, and talk very highly of me. And I was trying to do the same thing for you. And I thought it was incredible. You being on Swamp People and, um, so yeah, we have had that in common with, with a lot of things that we've done we've always we've always just trying to like I think that's the same with everybody I don't think anybody likes to have to ask for help no some people do (laughs) really yeah some people do some people are just needy like have you not met anybody that's just needy like always needing something I don't know I feel like I'm the needy one you're not needy I don't ever hear from you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, no. Well, you know, you got kids and all that, and you're busy. So, like, I figured if you were actually really, really busy or, like, really needing some help, then you would actually call me. But, yeah. Um. So, no, I don't ever – you don't need it. I, you don't need anything from me, at least. You might call somebody else. I need what you don't know I need because Maybe so. we're really good at – Helping encourage each other or hiding, yeah. Hiding what we need and just trying to figure out on our own. Or fix each other's problems. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you should do this. Yeah, you're And don't read the comments. You're my my advisor, and then I guess I'm yours when it comes to social media stuff. Which, you know, I'm still learning. You should be a pro at. But I think it's because you get it more often, you know, as far as more comments and stuff like that, like, you see more people talk about things, you know? Like, uh, always asking you questions and stuff, so, I don't know. It's crazy because our fan base is just all over the world. Yes. And so, when with Sippy Girls and it's more local people, it's different. It's like a thick extravaganza with just the fans that were coming through. Yeah. Uh, you're talking about the fans of Sippy Girls versus fans of uh, Swamp People? Yeah. Yeah, they were from all over. You're right. And then Sippy Girls was, you know, it's so new. And that's something that is, I, I do need to reach out and ask for help. I had one of the ladies on Sippy Girls. She's a member, uh, Jessica Waller. I have been actually breaking down and asking her. And she's been great. Every time I ask her for some help, she, like, pitches in. She's like, Whatever you need, I got it. Yeah. And um, so there's a lot that is going on. It's only been a year that we've had Sippy Girls, and there's so much stuff that you have to do, just the legwork, before you can do anything else. So, like, we have a gator hunt coming up, and it was last, it was about January, February. People were saying, well, we see you all on social media, but when are you going to take some somebody out hunting? And I'm like... Well, that's what we have to do. We have to promote it so people even know who we are and what, we, what we're what we about so they will want to join or have their young girl, like young daughter, granddaughter, whatever it might be, come out hunting. And um, 
this is a perfect example. So even though we've been going for a year, right, we're just now able to really do a hunt. So Emma Powell, she got a gator tag, and so she is has been kind enough to, I guess, donate yeah. that tag and uh, to this little girl. Well, guess what? We only had two people actually sign up for the for the hunt. So that's one of those things like we promoted it. We put it on social media like, hey, if you're interested in this free hunt, you know, send us an email. And we only got two people that actually signed up. So it's great for them because they got 50-50 yeah, chance, 50/50, yeah. you know. But at the same time, like, that's I want it to be so successful and that we have thousands of applicants and we have to choose between those. Like, we can't give away enough hunts to match the, the amount of girls that want to go. And that's where I want it to see it grow to, along with, you know, future scholarships for women who want to maybe go to school for conservation efforts and um us women you know we are we have memberships now so it's all it's a sorority sisters for the outdoors that's what we're calling ourselves and um i want to see them grow as more of a family what i like is just the sisterhood you know i like that it's a group of women that just all have the same goal in mind at the end of the day. You know, we all just want to hunt and be better people, right. you know, and it's everything in hunting you can put, or everything in life, you can equate to how you hunt things. You know, you need to be prepared. Mm-hmm. You need to be ready when the moment hits you, you know, whatever it is, you need to be able to calm yourself down and handle yourself well under pressure you need to know the area there's so many things that just being a hunter has made me a better well-rounded person yeah and you know thinking of the outdoors and all that it just kind of made me think of something completely different I don't want to say completely different so I was invited to go on a little boat trip on the reservoir and Alvana, are you about to talk about that video you sent yes. me? Yes, that was the scariest video I've that ever was, seen. I, look, I it was, I was near death. It I did not know that experience. was your video. Yes. It was. I put it on as a reel, and I got you know some people commented on it, but like it was, it was me, and um, I don't get scared very often, but like I was praying. It was literally, I felt like a, a near death experience. Did you have a life jacket on? No. That's what I was going to talk about. Um, we get on a boat, and probably not the best thing to say, but I don't think there was enough life traffic jackets for the amount of people that were on the boat. Yeah. So this is what happened. All right, so we get on the boat, and we're going to go to this certain area. And, you know, while we're traveling there, I start seeing, like, lightning strikes kind of in the distance and stuff like that. But it's sunny where we are, and it's sunny over the reservoir for the most part, right? And so we're traveling to this little cove, and I see all these other boats going back the other direction. I'm like, where are they going? You know, I'm just keep keep watching them, and they're looking at us like, what? They're looking at us like we're idiots, and I'm looking at them like, it's a pretty day. Why are you leaving this spot, you know? And so we start, you know, continuing to go over there, and we're in a pontoon boat. So it's very, I mean, it's pretty slow. And it's got, on the back of it, it has a little jet ski um, so it makes it even slower because we're having to like tow that, right? So we get to the area and then the lightning strikes start like coming more and more. And then we're like, okay, the storm is coming this way. We need to leave the area in a pontoon boat. We are not out chasing that storm, right? We should have stayed right there where we're, it was shallow and we didn't. So that was the second mistake. Okay. So then we are trying to, you know, outrun the storm. We don't. Then the uh, boat, it doesn't start taking on water or anything, but, like, because of the jet ski, somebody had to get off to try to get a jet ski so we could, like, try to still go a little bit faster. He got he gets off, and the waves are, like, 10 feet tall. And every time I'm going to tell you this story, it's going to grow, just FYI. Yeah. Yeah. So... <laughs> So it was like 10 feet tall at the reservoir. And, you know, 
it was cold. The rain was like almost like ice. It felt like hell was going down, you know, like hitting us. And I was just holding on for like dear life. Like I was in the middle of the boat so that way we can like balance it. And we were just riding the wave, hoping that we didn't go. Well, with the pontoons, y'all just got two big old pontoons. And so it's not going to take the water on because it's just got that solid flat bottom. So when you sent me the video, it looked like y'all were just like, it looked like y'all were in the ocean. Yes. And we were just riding the wave. So like at first, if we would have gone down, it was like coming onto the boat. Like we would have drowned. I mean, I'm telling you. Or at least the boat would have like sunk. And we kept doing that. I mean, we were in the storm for like an hour because we couldn't turn the boat around because of the waves, you know. So we just had to keep riding the wave and we just kept going straight. So we had to like ride with the storm. So that's why it took longer. And because we were trying not to let the boat sink. But there was a time in there that I was looking around and I was counting the people and I was counting the life jackets. And I'm like, well, you know, I usually save lives, but today... I don't know. I don't. I I think I'm every man for himself. Every man for himself. So I was like, I'm going to take one of those jackets, and uh, you know, let's all team up together. But at the same time, like I had my game plan of how I was going to survive this. I was going to get one of the jackets, and I was going to get my my flashlight, and I was going to get my phone, and make and try and hope it didn't get wet and all that. And just in case I had to go on the shore, like I in my head, I had survival mode. It was 100% survival mode of what I was going to do. And luckily, I finally found another, like, cove, and it kind of helped with the wind and the waves and all that, and we just kind of stayed there and until the storm passed. And the guy that got on the, uh, like, Sea-Doo or the jet ski, he was lost within five minutes. And everybody on the boat was like, oh, my God, where is he? And somebody said, hey, we're it to each, you know, we're – all on our own this time right now you know so we he was in survivor mode too like everybody was like i just got to focus on trying to not sink this boat and i was just focused on what am i going to do if the boat does sink and we luckily found him in the middle of the reservoir the only way we found him is that he had his apple watch on him and he was able to call his phone from the middle of the reservoir through his watch and send a little like pin so guess where I don't ever go, or guess where I go, whatever. I, I don't, You're not I, going back to the cove. I'm not going back to the cove, but um, I'm always going to have this watch on me. It's going to be charged because if I ever get lost, this is like a lifesaver. See, I need to get mine hooked up. Mine's like the like a l- old generation, so oh, it doesn't have the location on it. Th- this one is great. And then if you can go to, like, text, which I say I'm going to always have it charged as I'm now eight percent but um if you go to text and you go all the way down so like i can send you a text and i'm gonna try it real quick see if it actually works and so it can do the location from the watch yeah so you like you scroll down and it says send location and i can send you my location from the watch so just send it to you it's pretty cool huh yeah, that is neat. So, I'm going to have my watch on me. I'm going to have a flashlight, a bug spray. I'm talking I about any survival kit. Like, you need this. Yeah, I need to get a storm box ready on my boat for this season. What is in that? So, I need to put just a, a dry bag in there that I could throw my phone in if I needed to. Something happens with the boat. Just... Be prepared for something if we were to be out there stranded during a storm. Does that ever happen? It has before. What have you done? Get off the boat. Oh. I got off the boat. close enough to the shore. Well, one time we were going across this big old lake like that, like what you're talking about. We were in Ronnie's bigger boat, thankfully, but he had a V bottom and it wasn't as bad, like just trying to get across all the ways. But we finally got over to this place where we could get off on land and... Well, I mean, we're in an aluminum boat, you know. I'm, right. like, seeing lightning flash everywhere. So, as soon as we could get off and get on land, I just, like, laid there, just, like, hunkered down. Because the rain hurts. Yeah. Yep. And it's cold. And, I mean, there's nothing you can do about it. It's just kind of have to wait it out. And it's not like you're using the rain gear to stay dry. You're using it to keep yeah. off the pellets yeah. out of the sky. 
so that was my that was my near death experience. Um, and I'm sure other people have far worse stories, but for me that was that was it. And I don't look the the guys have asked me to come back on the boat. I'm like, yeah, I'm just uh uh-uh, no. I can't make it. <laughs> Definitely but check the weather. Check the weather. Yeah, but after I got off the boat, they you know, they were having to like load it and stuff and they had plenty of help. I was like, look, I'll see you guys. I'm I'm going home. I've spent enough time <laughs> with y'all today. I went home and took like a hot, hot shower and got in the bed. It was only like seven o'clock at night. Got in the bed and that was like my safe zone. So I got in the bed in my covers and I just stayed there. I wasn't really sleepy because I like almost died. And you I just want to get somewhere familiar and warm. Yes, I was. I was just trying to like Dry. get my safe zone. So that was that was it. I was in my bed and like covered up in some blankets. And how do you sleep on your stomach? Or your back? On my stomach. And then, like, I have... One leg cocked out? Yeah. Me too. Which leg? Well, I sleep on my... Well, actually, both, because, like, my hips um, (laughs) hurt. So, like, I got to constantly turn... switch back and forth. Do you almost have your elbows touching your knee? I mean, pretty much? Yeah, pretty much. And then whatever side you, like, have... Whichever side you lean to is the side of the leg you have up? Yeah, but then I also have to have the other arm under the hip that is laying down like so. like this like, <laughs> so about to make you show me uh, i think we it. sleep the exact we same probably do. like we need a, a drawing of how how we sleep but yeah you like, know the drawing that y'all put on the pavement when there's a dead body that's it that's, yep. that's the that's drawing it. of me sleeping <laughs> that's me too like, i was looking at something like, oh uh back to the future so they've been playing that lately and i was watching the movie it was like back to future two or something like that and it showed like where this the subdivision was like really bad it was a um, dangerous area and they showed like a dead body uh drawing and i was like nobody actually draws a dead body like that and then i had thought i was like but that's kind of how i sleep so we we are a lot more alike than like i ever thought uh i mean like i've known you for a while and i don't know if you guys you guys don't know, uh, <laughs> but the audience—they don't know how much of friends we are. And uh, we, every episode, we get more and more closer. And even our lovely producer Danny—he has become such a great friend. And almost, we're almost like you know, brother sister. Yeah. Except we don't fight, at least not yet. Anyway, so I don't know. <laughs> but he's been great, and. And I'm learning more and more about you, so that's exciting. This has been really fun. Yeah. I don't even know how long we've been on here, but it feels like it's only been 10 minutes. It just feels, I know, it just feels like our phone conversations. Even mm-hmm. before we started this, we should have started the podcast a whole hour earlier just because. Of all the stuff that we yeah. were talking about. So, I know I don't like to get, you know, talk about drama or anything, you know, but do you care if we talk about that a little bit? Let's talk about it. What you got? All right, so I had this lady, um, I was going down the street, I was in my Jeep, and this Bronco comes up and, like, driving crazy behind me, and then finally at the light, like, kind of pulls over, uh, it was, like, one lane over, right? And then all I hear is, I'm not going to say the word, but it would rhyme with witch. Mm-hmm. And this lady kept calling me witch, witch. I'm like, who, who is this? And I'm looking out, and I, I see this, I see who it is, and I'm like, okay, that lady's drunk. But, you know, I'm off duty, I'm, you know, uh, but it was just weird. And I'm like, I couldn't think of who it was. I, and you know how some women are like, hey, witch, you know, mm-hmm. like that's a, a compliment, you know, uh, as friends. And so I'm like, all right, I must know this person, right? And so I thought it was just like a, a friend or not a friend, but somebody I knew and she was just trying to be cute, you know. And I was like, oh, nice Bronco. Like, I didn't know. I didn't know what to say, and I just drove off. Well, then, somehow, on the way back from where I was going and where she was going, I she ended up being, like, in front of me this time, and she pulled off into this other, like, law firm place or whatever, and I figured out who she was. And I'm like, I wish I would have known who she was, like, before. Not that I would have said anything. I still don't think I would have said anything because I'm a very nice person, but... Like, the nerve of that girl, you know? Like, was she saying it because she knew who you were? Yeah. So, it was not like, hey, girl. Yes, it was not a hey, girl. It was like. Yes. 
Okay. And I'm not going to say who it is, but um, just like all she does. And this goes to the whole. All right. I don't know how much drama that we need in this in this episode, but um, basically somebody that I was in a relationship with, we'll just leave it at that. And somebody I was in a relationship with has obviously told this lady some inappropriate things about me, lied about me, and um, this lady believes it. I guess she had a crush on him or something like that. I have no idea. But uh, she believed it, and so now she just call me witch out her window and I just there's I'm a, glad I took the higher road I'm not, gonna have to find out who that was when you get done because um it was not on purpose the higher road but I did there's a um a girl that drives a Bronco that mm, my heart's kind of racing a little bit thinking about because I'm gonna get a little bit upset but um might be the same girl who knows wondering uh <laughs> anyways just owes me some money <laughs> it's like I get so annoyed to see like all this vacationing and, and injections and yeah I I it might be the same girl because I think this lady does do that no, I don't know it's just mm. tacky to me to owe somebody money and be souping up a vehicle that's yeah. just me that's why I if I lean uh, lend somebody money I just don't expect it back. Well, we didn't lend them any money. We were actually the only reason that they got any money to begin with. The so only it's reason like they got the Bronco. Come on. You yeah. know, it's like, but it's a, people, you can't expect people to do what is the right thing just because you do it. Yeah. And that's why it, it's hard to remember that sometimes. Do you ever want to sometimes not take the high road? I do, and growing up, I'm very thankful that Chad is so much older than me because one thing I admire about him so much is his patience and just his inability to let people bother him. He just doesn't get worked up by other people and what they do. He knows that karma comes back around. You know what I mean? Like, he just doesn't get bothered by it, whereas I'm like, no, it's just not right. And he's just like, let yeah. the universe handle it, you know? Sometimes <laughs> But it feels like... You know, you want to tell them, like, you know, this isn't right. Why do you think this is okay? And why do you think it's okay to, like, constantly slam other people's vehicles or look down at other people because of what they drive when you're not always doing the right thing behind anybody's back? So, I just... uh. I can tell you're getting upset with this one. Your face. It's just a character thing for me. Yeah. Well, you know, something I have learned... Um, and I, I know everybody uses this term like narcissist, narcissism, stuff like that. But a quote I read said that a narcissist, once they can't control you anymore, they will control what others, their perception of you. So they will control what people think of you. So, you know, I just, I, I hate that I can't, um, Show them that I'm not a bad person, that I'm actually, like, this person's lying to you. Like, I can prove it, but at the same time, you just have to, like, let it go, you know? You're yeah. never going to make people, everybody happy. And, and that's the hardest thing I've noticed in life is that you can't make people love you, you know? I'm such a people pleaser, too, me that too. it's like... If you don't like me, though, but why? You know? Like, I really want to figure that yes. out. Like, it's okay if you don't like me, I guess. But, but you want to know why. Why? What I yeah. do? Yeah. And it's it's not anything that you did. It's just that some people just don't mesh with you well. And, or they heard perceptions of you. So, like, at my job, um, I have been talked about ever since I even applied for my job. Because there's so very few women at, my, at the agency I work at. And let alone somebody that's, you know, six feet tall, blonde, you know? And I have only wanted to promote my department. I love where I work, and I hope that I can retire from there, and I really want to eventually maybe be colonel if I get so lucky to do so. And it's more of a history thing that there's never been a female colonel and uh, at the state agency I'm at. Um, but I want to give back to my department and state and all that but um I've been talking about the entire time and it is so frustrating to deal with because 
Like, I just want everybody to like me because I like everybody else. And, like, I have found out that there's some mean boys, basically. Like, I'm going to call them boys. They're mean. And they want to be say mean things about me, but I can't do anything about it because I have to take the high road. And besides, not everybody's going to like me. So, And why do people assume that we're trying to be masculine just because we're strong in who we are? Um. I, I kind of I don't well I don't get anybody saying I'm masculine. They actually probably they still think I'm the, like the little little girl, little sister that can't do anything. But it's more of something else. <laughs> 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 you yeah. know, just if you're in law enforcement, you're e- and you're a female, you're either going to get labeled as um, uh, somebody who sleeps around, a what rhymes with witch. Uh, I'm trying to be G-rated here, or somebody who likes the same. Oh, type, I bet you get that all the know? time. Um, or all of the above. And uh, so, throughout my career, I have been labeled at some point or another all of those because they just don't understand that. Like, no, I actually like being the you know in law enforcement. I, I love like being a girl people. too. Yes. Dressing up. Yeah. Maybe not the makeup. I'm still not. Like, I'll put makeup on, but I just, I'm still not too much into that. But doing the ga- uh, gala. Is it a gala or is it gala? I don't want to even say it. I'm surprised you trusted yourself. That'd is be it like gala me trying to or say Worcestershire. Is it what? Gala. Gala? You say, you say gala? Oh, now the debate still continues. <laughs> so, hey, if you're listening, is it gala or gala? That's going to be our next reel. So let us know which one it is. But we have been on here for more than 50 minutes, almost a whole hour. So we're going to do the normal uh, shout out to our different uh, companies with the Jones Law Firm. Yeah, and Facebook, Ashley Dada Jones. And then you can go like my page, Ivana Williams or Ivana Williams Armory. And you know, next time we're going to have to talk about a little bit more of our businesses and how they growing and the woes of being a business owner i've got some more drama too oh me too let's do a little bit because i feel better getting that out just now okay we're gonna talk some more about that one too okay well you'll hear more about the drama that we have to deal with on our next episode so stay tuned and we look forward to you letting you guys know bye